can't think of anything more important than doing what we're doing, studying the sayings of Jesus. You'll remember that God spoke to Moses on two occasions and said, I'm going to raise up a prophet like myself, and you need to listen to him. And so um, we're doing that today. We're going to study another of the sayings of Jesus. And uh, I'd like you to focus in on Mark chapter 5 and um, want to give a little background before we actually read the passage. Uh, here's the situation. Jesus is traveling uh, through the area and a, uh, a man comes to him and says, my daughter is sick and uh, I want you to come and pray for her and, so that she would be healed. The man's name was Jairus. And so Jesus says, yes, I'll go with you. And he begins traveling with the man towards his home. And in the process, um, there's an inter interruption to um, what is taking place. And the interruption is our focus today. Let's begin reading in verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I want you to look at that verse again for just a minute because the phrase that I'd like you to focus on is the uh, first word after daughter and then uh, three or four words after that. Your faith has healed you. I remember uh, reading through passages in the four Gospels um, in preparation for this class, just trying to find the passages that we should cover. And, uh, and this particular passage gripped me. It stopped me. And I said, your faith has healed you. And uh, I said, I wonder if that is said anywhere else in Scripture. And so I looked the passage up and, and uh, being a, uh, a semi-student of Greek. I looked it up in the Greek language. I wanted to find the exact wording in the original Greek, and I found it actually seven other places in the, in the Gospels. Now, in, uh, it actually occurs in only four um, occurrences with Jesus because, uh, in fact, we'll go through those so you understand, but in the case of this story, of the woman who had the issue with bleeding. That's covered in three of the Gospels. And so that exact phrase, your faith has healed you, occurs in all three Gospels. 
And then it occurs in several other stories. Let, let me just uh, remind you of some stories that you may know in which it occurs. Do you remember the blind man Bartimaeus who uh, sat by the roadside and called out to Jesus in a loud voice and everyone was disturbed with him and told him to be quiet? And Jesus said, no, call him. And he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want? And he says, I want to receive my sight. And so Jesus grants him his sight. And then after it's over, he says, go in peace. Your faith has healed you. So he uses the same phrase. And that's also repeated in the book of Luke as well. So that brings us up to five occurrences already in the Gospels. And then there was the story of the 10 lepers that came to Jesus in Luke chapter 17. And these 10 lepers uh, called out to Jesus. They asked for healing and he said, go uh, show yourself to the priests. That was the the. Uh, law for lepers that if they were going to come back into the community, they had to be passed by the priests that they had indeed been set free from leprosy. And as they walked, the scripture says they were cured of their leprosy. Well, nine of the 10 kept going and went to the priest. One of them realized what had happened and he comes back and he gives thanks to the Lord and he throws himself on the ground and uh, obviously in deep gratitude for what has happened. And Jesus questions him and, and asks him, you know, weren't there 10 of you? And, and, uh, but you've come back. And then he says the same phrase. He says, your faith has healed you. One more occurrence is the story of the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7. You might remember that uh, the home of Simon the Pharisee was a place where Jesus was invited uh, to have a meal. And it, he, he was reclining at the table as they did, lying down and sort of eating on one elbow. And behind him, a woman came in and began to weep over his feet. And she was wiping his feet with her hair and... Uh, People in the, in the dinner party were, were saying, you know, if he was a prophet, he would know that this is really a sinful woman. And why is he allowing her to touch him? And they have this whole discussion about um, a sinful person like her being allowed to have a close proximity to him. And uh, great lessons there. But at the very end of it, he says to her, woman, your sins are forgiven you. And then he says, your faith has saved you. And he uses this exact same phrase again, um, using the word saved instead of healed. And in the Greek, um, the word saved is used in all of these occurrences and wh where there was a healing that took place. The implication there is that they have been saved from their physical illness. But in her case, it was that her soul had been saved in this situation by her faith. Why would Jesus make a statement such as this that would cause us to think that our faith is what saved us or what healed us and not his power? That's a great question. And I don't think that he was trying to communicate that 
it was only our faith that saved us, but that um, our faith combined with his mighty power is what brought salvation in the case of the woman or healing in the case of the woman who had had the issue of bleeding for 12 years. So it's a combination. It's God's power and it's our faith. And that's a combination that evidently has been divinely ordained. Uh, God has chosen to work through that means here on earth. And uh, so I'd like for us to look at uh, the importance of faith in the mighty acts of God. Let's begin by going back to Mark chapter 6, or going ahead to Mark chapter 6 in our case, because we began in Mark 5. And let's read, uh, starting in verse 1. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, which we know as Nazareth, that's where he was raised, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. I'd like, to, I'd like us to go back to verse 5 for just a minute. Notice the wording there. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. God himself, Jesus was God in the flesh. God himself could not do miracles apart from faith. It's not that he didn't have the power to do them. It's that God had chosen to work through faith, that faith would be present where his mighty acts were taking place. And there was a partnership there. And so um, faith is an extremely important element in the miracles of God. Some people may feel uh, as though that um, makes God's sovereignty somehow less. And I want to assure you that it doesn't. Um, God in his sovereignty is, um, is mighty, and he has chosen in his sovereignty to partner with people who have faith to accomplish his mighty works here on earth. That was his plan, and it is his plan today. Let's look at another passage. There was a, a situation, uh, let's describe it. Uh, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration uh, with James and John and Peter. And while he's there, he's, he's transfigured probably into his resurrected body. And Elijah and Moses, Moses appear, and the disciples see them talking with Jesus. And uh, it's an amazing situation. And as they come down from the mountain, um, they notice a crowd, and the other disciples are there with a man and, and a boy, and the, then a crowd. 
And the father comes up to Jesus and, and says, you know, I brought my son who's demon possessed and he's, he's severely oppressed by this demon. It tries to throw him into the fire. And, um, and we asked your disciples to cast it out and they, were not, they weren't able. And um, so then uh, Jesus teaches them a little bit more about the importance of, of faith and, and he he calls, calls the man and his son over and he, he, he casts the demon out of the boy. Later, as the crowd has dispersed and the man, man and his son have left, the disciples come to Jesus in private. Let's read this in verse 19. And they asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Do you hear that? Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And so uh, Jesus is identifying faith as the reason, or the lack of faith, or, or the little faith as the reason for why uh, this boy had not been delivered. It wasn't the fact that he wasn't there. Uh, he clearly identifies the problem as the little faith. And then he goes on to say, even a little faith, faith as small as a mustard seed. I remember um, as a boy, uh, my mom would have uh, different uh, spices in her cabinet. One of the spices I remember seeing at one time was mustard seeds and she would grind those up at times and use them in uh, dishes that she was making and they were small um, I didn't bring any with me today but uh, very small and Jesus was trying to communicate that if you have even a little bit of faith um, you can do mighty things because of his great power it's his power that is doing the transforming and our faith is then a companion to that power I'd like you to consider one other thing, too. Not only is faith important for uh, the miracles such as healing and, and other mighty miracles that God might do, but faith is important for salvation as well, the changing of our lives, the being transformed from darkness to light. I'd like you to look at a verse that many of you probably have memorized, and that is John 3.16. Let's look at that right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You need to know that in uh, the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, uh, Koine Greek, that the word believe and the word faith both have this exact same root. And uh, additional letters are provided to indicate the, um, the grammatical character of the word, but believe and faith are come from the same root. Uh, if I can give you an example, believe would be a verb and faith would be a noun. An, a similar situation in the English language would be the word act. Um, act can be a noun. Um, if, it, if anyone does an act like that again, they will be punished. Okay, that's a use as a noun. Or you can use it as a verb and you can say, if you act like that again, you'll be punished. 
And so uh, that's, a, that's a similar way in which uh, the, verb in the, the verb believe and the noun faith in the Greek come from the same root. So Jesus is saying, without faith, um, a person will not have eternal life, but with faith they will. They'll be saved. They'll not perish, and they'll have eternal life. Let's look at John 8, 24. Jesus said, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. Let's read that last part again. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. So he's making it clear that salvation is directly linked to having faith. If you don't have faith, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, there's going to be no salvation. It's very clear. Jesus says it in many, many places, uh, particularly in the book of John. John is just full of uh, the word faith or the word believe, primarily the word believe, the verbal form of that Greek verb, of that Greek word. Okay, this is all well and good. We can agree in our head that um, we need faith in order to see God work in a mighty way. And we need faith in order to be saved. Uh, we need to believe in Jesus. Have you been disappointed in the attempts that you've made at having faith? Or perhaps have you um, had faith taught you in the past as something uh, that is unattainable? Um, it's been described to you in such a way that uh, you feel like you can't ever conjure up the kind of thing that's needed for God to do mighty works. We've in the past known and seen that um, Mighty miracles are done by mighty men. And how could I ever be like one of them? I certainly could never be like one of them. So how could God ever do a mighty thing uh, for me? In studying this whole thing of faith, I came across um, one of the miracles that Jesus performed, a miracle of healing on two blind men that... Um, really instructed me on what is really needed when it comes to faith. And I want to share this with you to encourage you. I, I really believe that it's here for us uh, so that we would not be discouraged. And even what Jesus said after talking to his disciples about the boy that hadn't been healed or delivered from the demon, he said, if you have faith, uh, even the size of a, a grain of mustard, you can, you can do mighty things. And so um, this is an attempt, I think, by the Lord to encourage us that uh, you don't have to have, you don't have to be some great faith healer to, to see God answer prayer in a mighty way. Um, there's, there's simple faith that will do some great things. Okay, so let's look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 30. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, 
Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. And he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done. And their sight was restored. Okay, let's talk about that for just a minute. I find, I find that tremendously exciting and encouraging. Um, let's back up to the previous verse, verse 28. Um, what happened at first, uh, this would be actually back in verse 27, is that these blind men uh, came to Jesus and they called out to him. And so um, we can see the uh, we can see the elements of faith. Faith does involve something. It, it's not just sitting on the couch and, and thinking thoughts. Sometimes it takes action. And in their case, it took them approaching Jesus and calling out about something. And in, in their case, it was their own condition of blindness. Uh, for us, it may require us uh, humbling ourselves, coming to Jesus and calling out to him for something that we need. Um, perhaps a physical ailment that we're dealing with, perhaps uh, the salvation of a lost loved one, uh, perhaps provision for something that we need. And so um, that's the first step in faith, is calling out uh, to Jesus for help, calling out to God to meet a need. The second part is really simple. And let's go to verse 28 for that. So Jesus heard them and he didn't respond right away. Uh, it's almost as though he, he wanted to test them. But his test is so simple. Do you see it? When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? His test was simply, do you think I can do this? Do you believe I can do this? He didn't, he didn't ask them to, you know, do you believe I'm the Messiah? Do you believe that I'm going to come with legions of angels at the end of the millennium and, and destroy the armies of Satan? He didn't ask for a great theological treatise that they believed in or to sign a statement. He just simply asked them, do you believe I can do this? And they said, yes. And then the next thing we know that he's restored their sight in verse 29. And, um, and he said, according to your faith, let it, let it be done to you. So he identifies what they did as faith. It was faith that they came to him and called out. And it was faith that they simply said, yes, we believe you can do it. Can we do that much? Can we come to God in prayer and ask for something? And then in our spirits, can we say, I believe you can do this. I believe you can heal me or heal this person that I'm praying for. I believe you can supply this need. I believe you can reach this loved one for Jesus. 
That's the simple side of faith. There's, there's the great side of faith, and I, I think rather than read the passage, I'd, I'd like to just talk you through another situation. You may remember the centurion that came to Jesus, and this is found in Matthew 8. And uh, he came to Jesus and he said, I've got a servant at home who is really sick, and I would love for you to, to heal him. And Jesus said, well, would you like me to come with you and pray for him? And um, Well, it looks like we're going we're gonna to get the passage here, so let's, let's go ahead and read it. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but, let's, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Let's stop there. There's only one other time in Scripture um, when Jesus credit somebody as having great faith. But this by far, uh, he gives the greatest accolade to. Analyze that faith. It was just the faith on the part of a man that said, I can ask for something in this location and have it happen in this location. He just believed that if he prayed or asked Jesus for something in this town, that Jesus could make it happen in another town. Can we believe for that? Can we believe that if we pray here, that, that Jesus will answer a prayer to reach a loved one in another city? Can we believe that if we pray for God to protect someone here where we live, that he will protect that person who may be across the world? Do you believe that? If you believe that, God can do it. That's the kind of, that's great faith. That's great faith. I want to end with a verse today that I think will uh, be helpful to us. And it's Mark eleven twenty four. He says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I think the Lord is encouraging us today to uh, think differently about our praying. Many of us worry pray. We share our anxieties with the Lord, and we're good at that. We share all of our anxieties and our doubts with the Lord, and that's okay. But have we ever shared our faith in the Lord in prayer? When we pray for that loved one, have we believed that Jesus can draw that loved one to himself? When we've prayed for healing, have we in our prayer imagined that person we're praying for being healed? It's very simple, but I think God is encouraging us to pray like that, to think like that, to have really simple faith. Think of the, the faith of the two blind men. 
who simply came to Jesus, asked for something, and then believed that he could do it. Can we do that? I think we can. Let's do that today, okay? Would you pray with me? Thank you, dear Lord, for this encouragement to faith. We know through your word that faith is the essential ingredient on our part for miracles happening. We can't supply the mighty power. That's, that's your part, Lord. But you've partnered with us by asking us to believe and help us, Lord, to grow in faith. Help us to remember these things that we've read today and discussed. And the next time we pray, may we exercise the faith of those two blind men who came to you and asked for what they needed and believed that you could do it. May we start believing that you can do what we ask for. We pray these things in Jesus' name.